Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode is powered by Den Certifications. You want to deepen your practice or supplement your knowledge for your day-to-day job? You'd be surprised to know how many certifications we do offer. All levels of Reiki, intuitive healing, compassion, animal communications, and of course, our deep 400-hour meditation teacher training program. Go to denmeditation.com and look under certifications for more information. So who has questions? I I knew it. I was like, I knew it. And they're all going to be amazing. So Kim, do you mind help running? Hi, thank you, that was so valuable. Um, Something that I feel inhibits me in my own career is asking for help. It's something that's so vulnerable and uncomfortable, whether it's like asking for mentorship or knowledge um, or, you know, connecting with another person who could help me. How do you ask for help? I would just say, I would just say, I love when people ask me for help. Like, I, I ask for help constantly. I'm constantly, I mean, we had a call, our, a broker one, long story short, I didn't want to take a call, and I, because I thought I would get emotional about it. Um, it was about a wholesale deal that we're doing, and I literally was like, I'm very worried about this call, and I asked my GM to take it. I said, I do not want to get emotional on this call. Um, I'm in a different position. I can ask the team to do things. I think, but when people ask me for help, I love it because I feel like if you're just trying to do something, I'm totally fine if you mess up. I mess up all the time. But if you're actively trying to avoid a possible mess up until you're asking for help, I think that is there's so much power in that. Like it's just so, it's, it's exactly how you should be thinking. So as vulnerable as it is, you probably don't want your boss to think that you don't know. If you don't know, you don't know and you have to ask that question. If you've asked seven times, it's a different conversation. But I don't think that's the question you're asking. You're saying it's just hard to ask that first time. But like, if someone above you or you know, farther along in their career really knows more about X, Y, Z than you do, then that their job is to teach you and develop you. 
And to that point, it's better to ask for help and figure it out together than to get way too far down the yeah. tracks and you've created a huge problem that now several more people need to be involved in fixing than would have been if you would have just raised your hand before. I, I have two cents for you too. It's, I, would, I would spend a moment thinking about why that's difficult for you. Like is this because obviously you didn't sew your dress you're wearing right now, right? You didn't make that bag that you're gonna take. It's like we're a world of co, you know, um, and so somehow it's like to think that you're going to fix it all yourself or know it all yourself. I don't know where it's from, but it, it, I think it, I would go to the root of that, you know, and see what that is. There's such power in it. It's, it's asking for help. There's so much power in it. And it gets easier. The first time's the hardest. And also, by the way, if I were to ask you to do something for me, if we were friends, would you not want to do that? Of course. And so, like, some of my friends that have a hard time asking, sometimes I, I tell them, like, you're taking that away from me. Like, not being able to do something for you is, is really punishing to me because I want to love you and be generous to you, right? So it's and like a... Yeah, there's shortcuts, right? We know the shortcuts. We should tell you. Why should we all make the same mistake? Hi, ladies. Um, okay, so I think the concept of time and time allocation and time management and time distribution and for us women who feel like we can and should juggle all the balls, it's like, or entrepreneurs where their only currency for a while is time, because <laughs> this just in your next paycheck isn't guaranteed, <laughs> right? So how do you kind of decide where does your time go, right? So when your mid-level executive says, hey, will you meet me for 15 minutes for coffee? Or your friend says, hey, will you speak on a panel tonight, right? Or, you know, hey, I have a ton of things I have to fit in. How do I fit in my workout? How do I fit in my me time? Like, how do you kind of figure out who gets your time and then how do you manage your time? That is seriously one of the best questions I've ever gotten. I mean, that to me, sorry, I keep jumping in, but one of the same, same thing, it's like one of the ways that I work with it is I'm kind to myself because there is no fucking way I'm going to do it all. So it's like at the end of the day, if I end up punishing because I didn't do enough, that's not being a good friend to me. And so it, it, it comes back to the same conversation of like, how do I, because it's the reality. It would be saying like, I'm upset that I have to walk on my legs. It's like, oh, I will be upset. But it's like, you know, that's what's happening right now is that we need legs, you know? And so it's like somehow finding the, 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 the at the end of the day or wrap up or in the morning, what, uh, one of my friends in the room was here, Jamie right here. We, every morning we exchange gratitude. Literally, we've been doing it for what, six months now or four months or something. And so every morning we send each other like 50 items sometimes or three items sometimes. But just starting on that, it's like it's healed my being grateful for the things I did do g takes away the focus from all the stuff I didn't do. So somehow working that out is going to be because there is no way you're going to do it all. You're not going to be able to put the me time and the... I mean, that's why sweating is really cool, by the way, not to plug shape house. But <laughs> in one hour, you, I mean, nail same thing. It's like, you know, you do something in an hour that's good for you in all these different ways. It's smart because, you, you know, you, you, you help yourself in an efficient way, you know? Yeah, I, it's a great question. I think because time is like my everything, especially I think as, as I want to spend time with my daughter um, and, and my husband, my daughter, my daughter more, um, and, and work. Um, I have started, I have, I have a friend in New York who I asked her for, to meet with her. And she said, I don't have time to meet, but I can get on a call and hear my times. And she's a dear friend of mine who's been a great advisor to our business. And she's super busy. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, you can just do a call. I don't have to get in the car and go get coffee with this person. Or I can be honest, I've started saying to people, people have asked if they can have coffee recently. And I'm like, 
I am launching a wholesale distribution in mid-May. I am literally not available till June, but I'm happy to jump on a call. And then I schedule the call when I'm driving. Like it's like if I'm, or a lot of people email me that they want to open nail salons and they want help. And I say, email me your questions. And like when I'm, honestly, when I'm watching TV at night or I'm doing something, or like I'm in an Uber or I'm doing something else, like I'll answer those questions for them. But I can't do a call, I can't do it in person. So I think it's just making sure that you're constantly maximizing your time. Our CFO always says to me, she puts a value on my time, like a dollar amount, and sh she literally does. And she's like, and she's like, if if it would be cheaper for for your assistant to do this, please push it to her. Like and like think about your every hour in that dollar amount. And so don't take that coffee because that'll take you down for two hours. Or if you do have to take that coffee, maybe you Uber there and back. And I do, literally do work on the way. So it's like really being very, very specific about, and if I want to watch Billions for two hours at night, I'm doing it and I'm loving it. I'm probably painting my nails too, but I'm excited about it. It's a great question because I think it's what everyone struggles with and it is the most valuable part of your life. And, and can I just tag one more thing? No is an actual answer. Yeah. No. Like when someone asks you to go to Ikea this weekend, it's like, no, no, <laughs> love you. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> just practice that. Hi. Um, this year has been particularly crazy for us. I'm the co-founder of a company with a newly invented fabric. And Congratulations. You, thank you. <laughs> but um, it, nothing turned out the way we planned. Absolutely nothing. So, and at one point it was so particularly discouraging because we were getting met with um, you mentioned lying, we actually had people saying, your fabric is see-through, or something, and completely lying, you know, nothing. But just when you walked away from maybe a year of working on this, you just were almost like, what is going on? But what could you offer that keeps you the strength and that North Star that you see and you know in your heart this is what you should be doing. How do you just say, okay, put that year away, turn around, regroup, and just go in another direction. Take it to maybe a different open door. The fabric is out, right? Fabric is, yeah. So you, you, you know what the answer to that is. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have that internal North Star and that internal resolve. Like, you've done it. I think. Maybe you haven't let go of the year, but you did it. And so that's what it takes. It takes that internal, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> wow, that was good. It takes that internal fortitude to be like, I'm going to do this. We invented this thing called the Poppy, which is this universal polished bottle handle that you can put on the top of any nail polish, and it helps stabilize your non-dominant hand. The, it's a, currently a rubber handle. It, it, the way it was first imagined in my head and what we worked on for a year is not a rubber handle. It's a completely different contraption with like the same shape. Um, when it stopped working, like when I was basically like, they weren't really lying. They were like, here are the here are the hiccups with what you're trying to make, which we had a patent for, et cetera. I literally had to be like, fuck, we have to change this because I have to get products to the market. What does this look like? Um, and so then, you know, as a team, we came together with the idea to turn it rubber, put it on top of every nail polish bottle, which actually, frankly, is a quite better idea. And but it but it Letting go of the year of that work has been extremely hard for me. Letting go of the partners that I worked with that I felt like 
weren't great partners has been emotionally very taxing. But ultimately, you get to the goal of like creating something beautiful and amazing for people, and that's all you you allow yourself to focus on. No, great advice. Thank you. And I, I mean, and and I think that there. While I don't have a similar story, I have like. I've had a lot of things not happen until I've ultimately gotten here. Like when Tall and I, when I shared that story about how fun it was when we all, when we both lost our jobs, <laughs> um, you know that as you know we did have free time, but then you know I'm the breadwinner of my family, and we had a year to find a job. In that year, I had two jobs presented to me that ultimately fell through and we were coming up on the end of that year and I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm the medical insurance, I'm the you know, financial stability, my husband works production, like I have kids, like what am I gonna do, right? And I'm terrified, you know, we're, you know we're, what am I gonna do? And then something came up. Right? You only need one yes. I had th th three things fall apart, three promises of great jobs that fell through right, right there. And you only need one yes. And that one yes was a really great stepping stone to Universal that led me to NBC and then that led me to this. So, yeah, I mean, and I, I just feel like everything happens for a reason. And maybe that was the best thing at that moment that happened for you to have your stepping stones to something even better for yourself. Yeah, great. Thank yeah. you. And like, what is that fabric? Do we need it? Like, can, it, can we talk after this? Like, can we do something with nails about it? Or? Like, I mean, or not? But can I just have it? I like, can, what are those pants? Like, I just need to know everything about it. Um, hi. So first of all, I just want to say thank you to each of you because this is, a night like this is like fuel as, you know, we're all here probably having struggle with a lot, starting something or whatever it is. And so thank you for giving of your time, even though you are so busy and it feeding us to be able to like go on more, you know, with whatever it is we're doing. So thank you for that. Um, that was one of my questions to that. So thank you for that. But also... One thing you had said, I am no fluff with, I started a charity four years ago, so I have people that I don't even pay, that I have to like somehow encourage them to want to like give back or help or do paperwork that they are not going to get paid for or whatever. So what are some suggestions that you guys have for somebody who, like the weight's on your shoulders, um, you're not fluff. You're, you're just like, you're an adult. Why do I have to tell you how to do this five times over? You know, whatever it is. But you, you have a heart, you know, for that, for them to be successful in it. Um, but like that fluff stuff without having a fluff person. That's my word, fluff. Sorry for it. Um, but how do you, what, what do you guys suggest in those moments of like having people that you really need and you want to be a part of your vision? Um, but you got to like encourage them in a way you're not really built to. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I feel like because it was a question to me. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. It's like going back to that title conversation. Everyone 
derives their compensation in a different way. Some people really care about the financial. Some people really care about the title. Some people really care about the work. Some people really care about the flexible schedule and working from home one day a week. Like people care about different th and different things. We have manicurists where when we go to Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, when I pay them to go, they're like, this doesn't feel good to me. I want to volunteer my time. Like, you're making this a job and this should, this comes from my heart. And so we stopped paying them. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was trying to do something. I don't want them to feel like they're wasting their time. They're like, we are literally helping, especially when we, because we usually do the moms who are just sitting there day in, day out with their sick children. Um, we're making them feel good. So I think figuring out what people's, quote, compensation is, um, I'm not... I'm, I'm, I can inspire people, but I can't really develop them. And so it's just not my strength. And so the people on my team that are good at that, I really lean into them to do it. Um, that I be the person that's like, we're going to teach everyone in the world how to paint their own nails. Here's the exciting colors. Here's the poppy. Here's what we're going to do. And the rest of the team is doing all the things that I'm not good at. So I would say if you don't think you're good at something, try to find someone who is better than you, which Again, as it goes back to like we try to hire those people. The other thing I would say is like um, find one person that you can bitch to. Like this person is an adult. Why are they not doing this job? Because that to me has been my outlet. Because I, if I don't have that one person, then it becomes everyone. Right? I mean, it's like, you, you know, my husband doesn't want to hear it anymore. My, like, you know, my parent, my daughter's not going to hear it. My parents don't want to hear it. Like you got to find the person in the organization where you can just have that very open oh, it's so annoying. Or like, oh, it's so annoying. Okay, how do we fix it? You guys probably have a better answer than I do because you guys are much better at this. Also, I do think sometimes we like to give a lot of space because, I mean, that's how I was raised in the business, to give people the space to make their own mistakes. But sometimes things, it sounds like you're talking about there's very specific duties, there's very specific things they need. And a lot of times you don't realize people just actually don't know what you want from them or need from them. And so I think part of also when you're becoming the boss or growing is learning how to communicate and really set what the expectations are, how to do it. In your mind, no, they might fuck up a few times. And like, how can you guide them? I mean, this goes to the developing part. How can you guide them and tell them, no, this is actually what I need and give them specific, instead of being like, they're an adult, they know that they should probably do this in a week. Tell them, actually, hey, can you do this? And this is the date we need it by before you get pissed at them for not doing it. And then look, if then that's you're telling them point. and you're teaching them and then they're not doing it, that's a whole different conversation. Then you have the person that you're bitching about because they're just not right for the job. But so often, I think, because to become an entrepreneur or someone who's a boss, you are so motivated and probably very someone who can just work on their own and figure everything out, and you expect that everyone else is the same way, and not everybody works the same way. And I think the minute you can hold space for that and let go of that expectation, the minute they get really strong and will surprise you and probably grow, but I do think it's that's kind of your responsibility to actually be able to teach them, tell them what you need, what the expectations are before they start falling down, because then they feel your energy, and it just gets worse. Yeah. And then they start getting worse, and then you get more pissed off, and then like nothing's happening. And if you're not good at that, which I'm not good at, like that exact skill set, that's a skill set. Like develop people is a skill set. If you're not good at that, so you have to have someone on your team that's good at that in order to do, like, and then they do it. There's also such an idea as firing people. And I was reading this thing that Gary. <laughs> <laughs> in a different direction. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes. 
And actually, there's a guy, uh, you probably know him, Gary, uh, his, name, his short name is Gary V, but Vichyshnak Rich, or Vichyshnak, he used to be the head of something at Apple, like super brilliant guy. And actually, this morning, he posted a little video about, um, as we all focus on learning how to hire, really the job is to fire. Because when you keep someone in a job that you really don't think does the job, it literally is asking someone who doesn't have legs to run every day, and that's on you. It's like there's, if, if, if your person cannot, I mean, if they cannot do the thing they're supposed to do more than once or twice, they're not wanting to be there, they're not able to be there, but something's going on. And it's like for you to kind of take on, especially in the charity world, which sadly, having been a consultant in both corporate and charity, I would say charity is a thousand percent more dysfunctional, which you would not expect because somehow it attracts people that want to do good in the world and it's lovely, but it often attracts people that are kind of a little bit messed in the head of like what that means to like be of service to, right? Am I wrong? Uh, it's what I think. <laughs> so basically my point, <laughs> My point was, it's like if you learn if you learn to identify quickly that someone really is not belonging there, do it sooner rather than I mean, give them a minute, but don't waste six months because you feel like maybe they're gonna no, they're not gonna grow wings <laughs> or, or legs or whatever they need. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all for coming tonight. This has been so helpful. Um, so I wear two hats. I work in the entertainment industry, and I'm also an entrepreneur. And I've been, <laughs> I've been doing both uh, for 12 years, and I'm super tired. And um, the challenge that I've had is that being that I've grown up in the entertainment industry, and that's what people know me as, it's been really hard to then be taken seriously in my second career. And so... Part of this tells for you because I've read your backstory and I know where you came from and I'm currently at NBC, but I do a lot of the work that you do. And so it's tough to kind of, I guess my question is how did you transition or how do you transition into really being an entrepreneur full time when you're trying to wear that other hat? Okay, I was gonna address the first part too where you said getting taken seriously. Getting taken seriously. And I, for me, that's just believing in yourself. I don't know what you're doing, I don't know what the other job is, but it doesn't really matter if you know you're good at it and it sounds like you've been doing it for a while, which means obviously you have some success in it because why would you keep doing that to yourself? So if you know you have success, who gives a shit that people know what you were doing in entertainment? Who cares that people might not trust you? I remember, you know, not only did people not know me, they didn't even know what this business could be. So same idea of like kind of what you were talking about, Sophie. And I would sit down with teachers and I felt this like duality of having to like beg these teachers to like trust me and I was like, do I show them my spiritual side so they know I'm actually like down to earth and really believe in this shit? Or do I show them my business side so they trust that I actually can like open a business? And it was hard for me, and I've told this story before anyone who's been here, so I apologize. It was Marianne Williamson who came in here before our doors opened to throw an event, and that woman walked in here like a powerhouse, and it was just like, ma, 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 like she knew what she wanted, and I remember just sitting there, and it all clicked in my head. I'm like, now this woman has, is the most spiritual woman I know. She teaches people, she's incredible, and she is not hiding this other side of herself at all. She's owning the entire package, and it's okay that this beautiful spiritual being kind of as rough and tough as well. And it was such a beautiful lesson for me of I can be it exactly how I am and it doesn't matter. And I again, I don't know what you're doing, but clearly it's working and love that and know that that's awesome and be really proud of yourself. And when you're ready and you, you'll know when you're ready to make the full transition,
transition, or maybe not. Maybe this is what you're supposed to do. Just know that you're good at both things, clearly, because you're like, no one's letting you go on either side. So congratulations on that. That's amazing. And just own it. That's all I can ever tell people. Own who you are. I think Tracy said it earlier. No one else can be you. Own who you are. Life is so much easier when you do. Thank you. Well, you guys, thank you all. We'll be outside mingling. Again, please join us for that So Retrograde May 9th. Thank you for being here. And you ladies are amazing, and I'm so appreciative of you. Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also, wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks Podcast, and join us there.